Hello, hello. It's another wonderful day for the Landry Agbolwaje show. Today's episode, Poimandris. The vision of Hermes. Poimandris. Also known as the mind of the universe. The divine Pyminder of Hermes Mercurius Trismegistus is one of the earliest of the Hermetic writings now extant, while probably not in its original form, having been remodeled during the first centuries of the Christian era and incorrectly translated since. This work undoubtedly contains many of the original concepts of the Hermetic cultus. The divine Pyminder consists of 17 fragmentary writings gathered together and put forth as one work. The second book of the divine Pyminder, called Poimandris, or the Vision, is believed to describe the method by which the divine wisdom was first revealed to Hermes. It was after Hermes had received this revelation that he began his ministry teaching all who would listen the secrets of the invisible universe as they had been unfolded to him. The vision is the most famous of all the hermetic fragments and contains the exposition of hermetic cosmogony and the secret sciences of the Egyptians regarding the culture and unfoldment of the human soul. For some time, it is it was erroneously called the genesis of Enoch, but that mistake has now been rectified at hand while preparing the following interpretation of the symbolic philosophy concealed within the vision Hermes Mercurius Trismegistus, translated out of the Arabic and Greek by Dr. Everett Hermetica, edited by Walter Scott, Hermes, The Mysteries of Egypt by Edward Scherr and the Trice Greatest Hermes by Jairus Mead. To the material contained in, in the above volumes, he has added commentaries based upon esoteric philosophy of the ancient Egyptians, together with amplifications derived partly from other hermetic fragments and partly from the secret arcanum of the hermetic sciences. For the sake of clarity, the narrative form has been chosen in preference to the original dialogic style and obsolete words have given place to those in current use. <clears throat> Hermes, while wandering in a rocky and desolate place, gave himself over to the meditation and prayer. Following the, the secret instructions of the temple, he gradually freed his higher consciousness from the bondage of his bodily senses and thus releases divine nature revealed to him the mysteries of the transcendental spheres. He beheld a figure terrible and awe-inspiring. It was the great dragon with wings stretching across the sky and light streaming in all directions from his body. The mysteries thought that the universal life was personified as a dragon. The great dragon called by Hermes and asked him why he thus meditated upon the world mystery. 
terrified by the spectacle, Hermes prostrated himself before the dragon, beseeching it to reveal his identity. The great creature answered that it was Poimandris, the mind of the universe, the creative intelligence, and the absolute emperor of all. Sure identifies Poimandris as the god Osiris. Hermes then besought Poimandris to disclose the nature of the universe and the constitution of the gods. The dragon acquiesces, bidding Trismagistus hold its image in his mind. Immediately, the form of Poimandris changed. Where he had stood there was a glorious and pulsating radiance. This light was the spiritual nature of the great dragon himself. Hermes was raised into the midst of this divine effulgence and the universe of material things faded from his consciousness. Presently, a great darkness descended and expanding swallowed up the light. Everything was troubled. About Hermes swirled a mysterious watery substance which gave forth a smoke-like vapor. The air was filled with inarticulate moanings and signings which seemed to come from the light swallowed up in the darkness. His mind told Hermes that the light was the form of the spiritual universe and that the swirling darkness which had engulfed it represented material substance. Then out of the imprisoned light, a mysterious and holy word came forth and took his stand upon the smoking waters. This word, the voice of the light, rose out of the darkness as a great pillar, and the fire and the air followed after it. But the earth and the water remained unmoved below. Thus the waters of light were divided from the waters of darkness, and from the waters of light were formed the worlds above, and from the water of darkness were formed the worlds below. The earth and the water next mingled, becoming inseparable, and the spiritual word, which is called reason, moved upon their surface, causing endless turmoil. Then again was heard the voice of Paul Mandris, but his form was not revealed. I, thy God, am the light and the mind which were before substance was divided from spirit and darkness from light. And the word which appeared as a pillar of flame out of the darkness is the Son of God, born of the mystery of the mind. The name of that word is reason. Reason is the offspring of thought and reason shall divide the light from the darkness and establish truth in the midst of the waters. Understand, O Hermes, and meditate deeply upon the mystery that which you, which in you sees and hears is not of the earth, but is the word of God incarnate. So it is said that the divine light dwells in the midst of mortal darkness and ignorance cannot divide them. The union of the word and the mind produces the mystery, which is called life. As the darkness without you is divided against itself, so the darkness within you is likewise divided. The light and the fire which rise at the divine man are ascending in the path of the word, and that which fails to ascend is the mortal man, which may not partake of immortality. Learn deeply of the mind and his mystery, for therein lies the secret of immortality. <clears throat>
the dragon. He again <coughs> revealed his form to Hermes. And for a long time, the two looked steadfastly one upon the other, eye to eye, so that Hermes trembled before the gaze of Poimandris. At the word of the dragon, the heavens opened and the innumerable light powers were revealed, soaring through cosmos on pinions of streaming fire. Hermes beheld the spirits of the stars, the celestials controlling the universe, and all those powers which shine with the radiance of the one fire, the glory of the sovereign mind. Hermes realized that the sight which he beheld was revealed to him only because Poimandris had spoken the word. The word was reason, and by the reason of the word, invisible things were made manifest. Divine mind, the dragon, continued his discourse. Before the visible universe was formed, its mold was cast. This mold was called the archetype. This archetype was in the supreme mind long before the process of creation began. Beholding the archetypes, the supreme mind became enamored with his own thought. So taking the word as a mighty hammer, it gouged out caverns in primordial space and cast the form of the spheres in the archetypal mode. At the same time, sowing in the newly fashioned bodies the seeds of living things, the darkness below receiving the hammer of the word was fashioned into the orderly universe. The elements separated into strata and each brought forth living creatures. The supreme being, the mind, male and female, brought forth the word. And the word suspended between light and darkness was delivered of another mind called the workman, the master builder or the maker of things. In this manner... It was accomplished. Horemes, the word moving like a breath through space, called forth the fire by the friction of his motion. Therefore, the fire is called the son of striving. The workman passed as a whirlwind through the universe, causing the substances to vibrate and glow with his friction. The son of striving thus formed seven governors, the spirits of the planets, whose orbits bounded the world, and the seven governors controlled the world by mysterious power called destiny, giving them the fiery workmen. When the second mind, the workman, had organized chaos, the word of God rose straightway of its prison of substance, leaving the elements without reason and joined itself to the nature of the fiery workman. Then the second mind, together with the reason word, established itself in the midst of the universe and whirled the wheels of the celestial powers. This shall continue from an infinite beginning to an infinite end. But the beginning and the ending are in the same place and state. Then the downward turn and unreasoned elements brought forth creatures without reason. Substance could not bestow reason, for reason had ascended out of it. The air produced flying things, and the water such as swim.
The earth conceived strange four-footed and creeping beasts, dragons, composite demons, and grotesque monsters. Then the Father, the Supreme Mind, being light and life, fashioned a glorious universal man in his own image. Not an earthy man, but a heavenly man dwelling in the light of God. The Supreme Mind loved the man in that fashion and delivered to him the control of the creations and workmanships. The man designed to labor took up his abode in his fair of generation and observed the works of his brother, the second mind, which sat upon the ring of fire. And having beheld the achievements of the fiery workman, he willed also to make things, and his father gave permission. The seven governors of whose powers he partook rejoiced, and each gave a man a share of his own nature. The man longed to pierce the circumference of the circles and understand the mystery of him who sat upon the eternal fire, having already all power. He stooped down and peeped through the seven harmonies, and breaking through the strength of the circles, made himself manifest to nature, stretched out below. The man, looking into the depths, smiled, for he beheld a shadow upon the earth, and a likeness mirrored in the waters, which shadow and likeness were a reflection of himself. The man fell in love with his own shadow and desired to descend into it. Coincident with the desire, the intelligent thing united itself with the unreasoning image or shape. Nature, beholding the descent, wrapped herself about the man whom she loved, and the two were mingled. For this reason, earthy man is composite, which him is the sky man, immortal and beautiful, without his nature, mortal and destructible. Thus suffering is the result of the immortal man's falling in love with his shadow and giving up reality to dwell in the darkness of illusion. For being immortal, man has the power of the seven governors, also the life, the light, and the word. But being immortal, he is controlled by the rings of the governors, fate or destiny. Of the immortal man, it should be said that he is hermaphrodite, or male and female, and eternally watchful. He neither slumbers nor sleeps. He is governed by a father, also both male and female, and ever watchful. Such is the mystery kept hidden to this day, for nature being mingled on marriage with the sky man brought forth a wonder most wonderful. Seven men, all bisexual, male and female, and all pride of structure, each one exemplifying the natures of the seven governors. These OMS are the seven races, species, and wills. After this manner were the seven men generated. Earth was the female element and water the male element. And from the fire and the ether, they received their spirits. And nature produced bodies after the species and shapes of men. And man received the life and the light of the great dragon. And of the life was made his soul and of the light his mind. And so all these composite creatures containing immortality or partaking of mortality continued in this state for the duration of a period. 
they produced themselves out of themselves, for each was male and female. But at the end of the period, the knot of destiny was untied by the will of God, and the bond of all things was loosened. Then all living creatures, including man, which had been hermaphroditical, were separated, male, the males being set apart by themselves and the female likewise, according to the dictates of reason. Then God spoke to the holy word within the soul of, of all things, saying, Increase and increasing and multiply in multitudes, all you, my creatures. and workmanships let him that is endued with mind know himself to be immortal and that the cause of death is the love of the body and let him learn all things that are for he who has recognized himself enters into the state of good and when god has said this providence with the aid of seven governors and harmony brought the sexes together, making the mixtures and establishing the generations, and all things were multiplied according to their kind. He who through the error of attachment loves his body, abides wandering in darkness, sensible and suffering the things of death. But he who realizes that the body is but the tomb of his soul, rises to immortality. Then Hermes desired to know why men should be deprived of immortality for the sin of ignorance alone. The great dragon answered, To the ignorant the body is supreme, and they are incapable of realizing the immortality that is within them. Knowing only the body which is subject to death, they believe in death because they worship that substance which is the cause and reality of death. Then Amez asked how the righteous and the wise passed to God, to which point Mandris replied, That which the word of God said, say I, because the father of all things consists of life and light, whereof man is made. If therefore a man shall learn and understand the nature of life and light, then he shall pass into the eternity of life and light. Hermes Ness inquired about the road by which the wise attain to life eternal, and Poimandris continued, Let the man endued with the mind mark consider and learn of himself with the power of his mind divide himself from his not-self and become a servant of reality. Hermes asked if all men did not have minds, and the great dragon replied, Take heed what you say, for I am the mind, the eternal teacher. I am father of the word, the redeemer of all men, and in the nature of the wise, the word takes flesh. By means of the word, the world is saved. I thought the father of the word, the mind, Come only unto men that are holy and good, pure and merciful, and that live piously and religiously, and my presence is an inspiration to help to them. For when I come, they immediately know all things and adore the universal Father. Before such wise and philosophic one dies, they learn to renounce their senses, knowing that these are the enemies of their immortal souls. I will not permit the evil senses to control the bodies of those who love me, nor will I allow evil emotions and evil thoughts to enter them. I become as a porter or doorkeeper and shut out evil, protecting the wise from their own lower nature. But to the wicked and the envious and covetous, I come not, 
for such cannot understand the mysteries of mine. Therefore, I am unwelcome. I leave them to the avenging demon that they are making in their own souls. For evil each day increases itself and torments man more sharply. And each evil deed adds to the evil deeds that are gone before until finally evil destroys itself. The punishment of desire is the agony of unfulfillment. At death, the material body of man is returned to the elements from which it came, and the invisible divine man ascends to the source from whence he came, namely the eighth sphere. The evil passes to the dwelling place of the demon, and the senses, feelings, desires, and the body passions return to their source, namely the seven governors, whose nature is in the lower man destroy but in the invisible spiritual man give life after the lower nature has returned to the brutishness the higher struggles again to regain his spiritual estate it ascends the seven rings upon which sit the seven governors and returns to each the lower powers in this manner upon the first ring sits the moon and to it is returned the ability to increase and diminish Upon the second ring sits Mercury, and to it I return machinations, deceit, and craftiness. Upon the third ring sits Venus, and to it I return the lust and passions. Upon the fourth ring sits the sun, and to this Lord I return ambitions. Upon the fifth ring sits Mars, and to it I return rashness and profane boldness. Upon the sixth ring sits Jupiter, and to it I return the cess of accumulation and riches. Upon the seventh ring sits Saturn, the gate of chaos, and to it I return falsehood and evil plodding. Then being naked of all the accumulations of the seven ring, the soul comes to the eighth fair, namely the ring of the fixed star. Here, freed of all illusion, it dwells in the light and sings praises to the Father in a voice which only the pure of spirit may understand. Behold, O Amaz, there is a great mystery in the eighth sphere, for the Milky Way is the seed ground of souls, and from it they drop into the rings, and to the Milky Way they return again from the wheels of Saturn. But some cannot climb the seven-ronged ladder of the rings, so they wander in darkness below and are swept into eternity with the illusion of sense and earthiness. The path to immortality is hard and only a few find it. The rest await the great day and when the wheels of the universe shall be stopped and the immortal spark shall escape from the sheets of substance. Woe unto those who wait for they must return again unconscious and unknowing to the sea ground of stars and await a new beginning. <clears throat> those who are saved by the light of the mystery which I have revealed unto you, OMS, and which I now bid you to establish among men, shall return again to the Father who dwelleth in the white light, and shall deliver themselves up to the light, and shall be absorbed into the light, and in the light they shall become powers in God. This is the way of good, and is revealed only to them that have wisdom.
Blessed thou, O Son of Light, to whom all, to whom of all men, I, Poimandres, the light of the world, have revealed myself. I order you to go forth to become as a guide to those who wander in darkness, that all men within whom dwells the spirit of my mind, the universal mind, may be saved by my mind in you, which shall call forth my mind in them. Establish my mysteries, and they shall not fail from the earth, for I am the mind of the mysteries, and until mine fails, which is never, my mysteries cannot fail. With these parting words, Poimandri's radiant with celestial light vanished, mingling with the powers of the heavens, raising his eyes unto the heavens. Hermes blessed the father of all things and consecrated his life to the service of the great light. This has been the recording of the Lanre Agboloje show. Thank you, and until next time, take care and God bless.